Welcome to Fun and Fundraising, everybody, the podcast where we talk with people behind the top galas and nonprofit fundraisers to show how they positively impact their communities by leveraging lots of people and lots of resources. I'm your host, Rob Giardinelli. And today I am absolutely delighted to have two really good friends of mine on this podcast. It is Natasha and Michael Beloki. Welcome, you two. Hello. Thank you for having us. Oh, it's so great to be here, Rob. I love, love chatting with old friends. Yeah, it's it's always a wonderful thing to do. And I love that, you know, you all, we know each other from our time in Austin, but you all live in New York now and you all are chairing and you all are chairing a um a gala, you know, you know, next week. Um, and it's going to actually be the first gala of of this of this iteration, it sounds like, too. So um, let's talk a little bit about the organization. And the organization's name is Second Stage. So um, if one of you would like to begin, just tell us what the mission of Second Stage in New York City is. Oh, my Absolutely. God, it's next. It's next week. Oh, it boy. is a week from. Yes, it is oh, a week from oh, today. Okay, okay. I've already had that realization. Wow. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Second stage. Um, so it's an organization. It was founded 43 years ago by a woman, Carol Rothman. Um, and the mission is basically this. We create and champion work solely from living American playwrights, uh, where we give underrepresented communities a voice and a platform to share their stories. That's wonderful. So, you know, it's it's an interesting time, especially, you know, in a place like New York, because it's, can you both elaborate maybe a little bit, you know, with your experience with, you know, working with this organization? I don't think people realize how expensive it is <laughs> to put on production. So can you, you know, elaborate a little bit about, you know, how Second Stage works to help address that as well? Goodness, um, putting on a production, I am still learning this, is enormously expensive um you take from the very beginning commissioning a play so that's you have a writer they've come they've created this beautiful work of art and then it goes through several iterations of the work to become something that you could present on stage and then you have to cast uh and finding a cast that vibes with chemistry and vibes with the material and that the audience would gravitate to and that a director wants to work with and the timing of the schedule works with. There's so many different puzzle pieces that go into a play. There is there is literally, and in, in the office, there's an enormous board where the director, assistant director, the writer, everybody gets together and kind of puts out this dream puzzle and then they just play with it. And it kind of looks like um, Beautiful Mind, that movie. Right, absolutely. It literally looks like that. Um, and the cost perspective, it, it can vary. You've got the set costs from building a set. Sometimes they're a little bit less. Sometimes they're a little bit more, depending on how elaborate it is. From We did one at our Tony Kaiser, which is our off-Broadway show, uh, our theater, pardon, um, it was called Camp Siegfried. It was a little bit more of a simple, you know, uh, <laughs> landscape. It literally was landscape, <laughs> grass, trees, and um, a, 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 what is that called? 
What am I looking it was for? Just a little dock. It was a oh, little dock. Okay, it was a so dock. it was just yeah. like one yeah. small little stage. So it was yeah. almost That's like in, like a theater in the round on a sort of situation. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then you go, you compare that to what we what literally just closed yesterday on our Broadway theater uh, between Riverside and Crazy. <laughs> to this, we literally built a palatial, yeah. rent-controlled apartment that. It was in the round, so it literally spun. Oh, my. So each scene would take place in a different part of the apartment. So you have the kitchen, the bedroom, the living room, the halls. <laughs> it had running water. Wow. Um, no. The refrigerator. All of everything was functional and working. So everything you see is livable and working. So they want the actors to yeah. have to be able to live in the space. Wow, that that yeah. makes it really experiential and that really, especially yeah. in an intimate space, really can, you know, kind of draw, yeah. you know, draw that in. And, you know, thank you for detailing. And Rob, it's really coming from the business side. It's been fascinating because it's also the, not just production quality is, will people come to see it? So right. there's this, you know, should Broadway be escapism? So it's really fun or should mm -hmm. it be meaningful, but you got to balance whether people will come see it or, you know, will it make money? I mean, to me, the business right. side of this has been fascinating. Then will it travel? We're yeah. just getting our first foray into some investing in, in Broadway and it's, will it travel? Can yeah. I make money at this? So it's just all these cost and revenue pieces for, and you know me, my business mind is right. Just, it really gets fascinating. It's a whole new business. It is. And, you know, it's an excellent segue actually into talking about, you know, what Natasha brought up earlier about, you know, Second Stage's mission about underrepresented communities and, you know, and minorities who, you know, all that can feel daunting if you haven't had exposure to that. So talk a little bit about how the organization can help you know, helps, you know, un people from underrepresented communities realize their written work onto the stage. You know, this theater honestly does such a beautiful job of it. And the piece that just closed this weekend was probably the most beautiful example Michael and I have been able to witness from beginning to end, open of the show and close. Um, Michael, I'll let you talk about that. Because it's yeah. so special to both of us. No, it is. It, it's fascinating. So the, the story is really, it's it's a revival. And mm -hmm. it's a revival of a, a, a Black police officer who got shot by a white police officer. And just all the emotions and his son who's been incarcerated. And bringing that to life, especially in this day, day and mm -hmm. age, to bring out those issues. And what right. I found even more fascinating is is uh, Rashid Common, one of the, the stars of the show, then used it as a platform for social justice. So for the last oh, two weekends, he's brought together social justice organizations to come to the play. They've live screen streamed it to prison so the incarcerated population could see living and breathing on this. So it just wow. such fascinating. One, the play itself was absolutely amazing, but again, how it became a platform for change and not just a Broadway show. And that's what I love about Second Stage. It's never just about the play itself. It's about what do you feel and then what will you bring back into your life 
to change the world. Wow. And, you know, I know you, I know you two both pretty well, you know, and it, I, I can totally see why you got involved with this organization. At the same time, there are lots of different, especially in New York, there's lots of different theaters. What compelled you to get involved with this particular, you know, this particular theater platform and organization? The significance of the work, the, the art, the passion, the people for me, um, you know, the art of storytelling through characters, it's beautifully raw and vulnerable. So you, Rashid's character, you know, everybody, mm -hmm. actually the whole cast in between Riverside and Crazy, they have, they have <laughs> experience. <laughs> <laughs> Steven is an amazing yeah. writer. Oh, it's so layered and complex. I wish you all would have been able to see it. Oh, I would have loved um, to have seen it. And everybody has their own personal journey and everybody has known somebody who has been incarcerated that was on mm -hmm. the stage. And so they were able to bring their own personal lens to this. So they were, as an actor, you're breaking down your walls and you mm -hmm. are being extremely vulnerable and you're leaving everything at the door to give to your audience. But yet you're bringing this significant power mm -hmm. to share with the audience that just develops through time because in a live performance it's a different show every night yeah you know yeah. it's reactionary with the audience and you know when you say a line and it's a profound and it's a profound line with some heft and you hear them you know gasp or ooh or laugh with you or cry with you you react to that yeah and it feeds your soul so to to then be able to watch these actors take it and take it to the next level, it's such a profound and beautiful experience. Uh, I just, I literally yeah. fell in love hook, line, sinker. Um, you know, I have, I have a daughter, I have a fur baby, and I feel like this is honestly another version of a child that you're wow. watching and growing, and then they close yeah. and you're sad, but then you're letting them off to go find the rest of their way and then we're going to watch them do more yeah. broadway and be on tv and movies one day yeah, yeah. And it's, but and, it's just and, beautiful and proud proud filling yeah and it's not a, and it's that end right? yes the stories will continue to play over and over again is is right. the discussions that we had after this play around hey we're going to go visit Sing Sing because mm -hmm. we've never done that to that extent. And then we also can't forget our Tony winning um, award, oh, Tony award winning play, Take Me Out. Oh, yes. It's in and of its own story of a biracial mm -hmm. band, baseball player coming out in the major leagues, like the power of the Jessies yes. was so strong. And just the emotions of what it's like to be in a locker room. Yes. As they came out. And I don't, I don't think you guys got to see that one either, but I, I actually uh, saw that years ago at Zach oh, Theater. They yeah, they did okay. they did it in yes. theater in the round. So I have seen that's that. Right. I have seen that play before. And it was yeah. everything that you said, that's exactly what it was. And yeah. quite the experience to do that. Yes. And bringing that out and bringing out what that means to a gay man. 
Absolutely. is just so important. And just, I mean, what I love about this, this theater, it's not just a Broadway theater. Mm-hmm. It's a platform for change. And I'll keep saying yeah, it over and it over is. again. It's a platform for change. And there's not a lot of theaters that are like that. Right. I think, frankly, in the nation. Yeah. No. So we don't do a lot of escapism. No, no. <laughs> we, um, no. it is, it is beautiful, purposeful, meaningful. Uh, and you always walk away having learned something. You will, feel, you will feel something. Yes. Yes. And that's what makes entertainment art is, you know, when it can really yes. challenge your mind and make you think and make you really become introspective yes. about certain things, you know, on a whole host of different types of issues. And, okay. you know, I love that, you know, you found something that's really spoken to you. And I know that you've also recently within the last couple of years, moved, you know, moved to New York, you moved during the pandemic, and that would be its own <laughs> podcast, probably your move. Um, but you know, what advice would you give to someone who want when they move to a new city, how should they dial in? How should they get involved? And how do they, you know, like hearing both of you, you were able to find an organization that speaks to you and you were able to find a community within that. Please, yeah. you know, please share, you know, your thoughts on advice that you would give someone, you know, in that same, in that same scenario. Well, have a wonderful wife like Natasha is, is important, <laughs> but, but I, but I would say one of the things that's really important is to be purposeful. So okay. think about what speaks to you. And, and Rob, this happened to me when I got to Austin as well okay. is, is what are your passions? What speaks to you? And then go seek that out and be open to it. So it's, because it is easy just to open up and say, I'm going to get involved in all of this, mm-hmm. but you've got to be something, you got to be something that really speaks to you right? Um, and has your passion and just be very purposeful about it. Because as newcomers, a lot of times people want to get you involved yeah, um, and you'll become overextended pretty easily. Yes. Yes, yeah. definitely. Um, aside from, from what has what Michael has said, you know, he has a little bit different situation with being um, the spouse that works for a living. I'm the spouse that lives to work. If that makes sense, that makes total um, sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's why I think because, you two work so well as a duo is yeah. you blend those two things together really beautifully, and you both yeah. believe in the in the yin and yang of what the other is doing and i i I see that every time i see you two together (laughs) yeah so it's fun um i am i am the spouse much to his dismay that says (laughs) yes to almost everything um probably a little for fear of fomo uh as he likes to tell me (laughs) okay fair enough but but that's okay um because you know being new in a new city and Mm. not knowing really anybody uh i want to live each moment and take it all in because who knows we may move tomorrow right right and i don't want to miss out on anything and (laughs) missing out on those moments means i might miss out on meeting somebody that i was supposed to meet right that's how i look at it so i say yes (laughs) Uh, i do feel that the universe leads us in the direction we're meant to go So So it's interesting that you say the say yes part, because there's, you know, I like to think of cities as personalities with people. And I think the way you just described that really translates that, because even though New York can feel closed, it's a very open city. Like, you know, people will, 
openly share their opinion. You know, there's an openness about New York that's there. And Austin's an extremely open city. And, you know, it it, it sounds like the openness is what really draws both of you, both of you in and being able to see that and how you're able to be friends with the city that you live in, even though you've lived in multiple cities. It's really interesting to hear you talk about that. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very, I was going to say, it's, um, you get what you put out. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you are, if you put the energy out there, for it, you will get it back. That's a, a that's an excellent point. That's an excellent point. And it's actually the perfect segue into, into, you know, one thing we really want to talk about today. And that is, you know, the inaugural second stages <laughs> winner's ball. So the organization already has a very, very successful, you know, fundraiser that they do in the fall. I, you know, I saw that Katie Kirk was the honorary chair of it, yeah. you know, this past yeah. year. So what inspired this organization, Second Stage, to create a second signature event? You know, the traditional gala is lovely, and we've been doing it for years and years. And we had a chat one day, and we thought we're missing a key demographic. Um, So we really are trying to bridge the gap of the traditional ball with the second-gen audiences while bringing new patrons to the theater. So if you think about it, the city is full of patrons that are 25 to say 55, 60-ish that enjoy the theater, but don't necessarily enjoy going to a traditional gala. It's just a tad Mm -hmm. bit too stuffy. Mm -hmm. So we thought we would try this, put a different spin on it and see where we go from there. We're completely changing it up. A lot of I've had a lot of people say, "Oh, this is a very different approach." Um, it is New York, after all, right? I mean, <laughs> there are things that are just tried and true, and you just don't change. Yeah. But but how do you know if you how do you know it won't work unless you try? Abs- I absolutely agree with that, and I think what's interesting is you took from your previous experiences with what you've done. So like, for example, in Austin, you chaired the ballet ball and it sounds like this is almost like a vert and the ballet in Austin does a a gala called FET. And then that same night it does one called fetish, which is basically what this almost sounds like in that, you know, it's more of a cocktail party. It's drawing to a younger crowd and you're taking your previous experiences. And it's funny because we were talking about this um, before, you know, before we started recording that there's that, you create your own original ideas, but you borrow from 50 other ideas that you've seen to create your own unique stamp. And that sounds like what you're doing, you know, exactly what you're doing with the winner's ball. Absolutely. Yeah. In doing that. So one other thing that's interesting and, you know, it's, it, it goes to show that something can be done any night of the week and the gala, both the fall gala and this, and this event are both going to be on a Monday. Explain, explain the importance and significance as to, you know, why the event is on a Monday. You know, in New York for a Broadway performance or a Broadway fundraiser, it really just has to be on a Monday. That's the only day yeah. of Broadway is dark. So if you want anybody to attend that is in a show or has anything to do with a show, you have to do it on a Monday. 
That's interesting. And it's, you know, and, you know, New York obviously has the Met Ball and that's also on a Monday, you know, probably because initially yep. they were probably drawing people from the theater to do that. And, yeah. you know, I, I think it's important for people to know that you can throw something on any night of the week, depending on what your audience is. And with you, your audience is going to be theater patrons. Monday's the one night where you're going to have the widest pool available to go and attend, go and attend yeah. your event. Well, yeah. and also, Rob, it's a, it's a large city. So people yeah. travel hour, hour and a half to commute in. So actually having them in the city already is a big deal. It's not, in all due respect, it's not like Austin where it's a little tighter. Right. It's a large metropolitan area. So you can really draw people kind of from yes. the whole area because, you yes. know, there might be someone who's in New Jersey or someone who's in yep. Connecticut and they can yep. they can basically come in and stay in. And enjoy, yeah. enjoy, learn about the theater, kind of do something that's a little bit more of a cocktail oriented thing as opposed to a yeah. seated gala. And both are really important. And what I love about what you're doing is that's really like Natasha said, it's a great way to get the next generation involved in a way that's comfortable for them. And, you know, uh, any good event, you're always kind of meeting people where they are to get people in. You know, and there's some that, you know, just want to sit and, you know, have a bottle of champagne and just sit at the <laughs> table. And there's others that want to mix and mingle. And, you know, I've been both of those things over the years. So I totally, you know, I totally get and um, I totally get and understand that. So, you know, you're chairing and you're taking something new, you know, taking on something new in, you know, in the winner's ball. What advice would you two give to an organization you know, that may be looking for a couple like yourself who you're both extremely passionate, you balance each other really well, and you're clearly a couple that likes each other because I've seen in the social <laughs> sphere, there's lots of couples that don't. That's, yes. so it, 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 it's nice to see that. So what advice would you give to an organization to, you know, to ask a couple like yourself to chair something or to lead something? Yeah, you kind of took my first answer is, the couple has to like each other because this is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> That's um, true. But, but also understanding that each couple's unique. We all bring something different individually and as a couple and really understanding what you're asking that couple to do, their strengths, their weaknesses, what they bring, what they don't bring. It's sometimes, you know, you just think about a, a couple in a generic sense. Mm -hmm. We're all very, very unique. Right. And I think, Natasha, you've got a great example. Um, I, I do. I mean, yeah. for example, New York, you know, we've been here literally a year and a half <laughs> in this very large city. Yeah. And this was quite a, a daunting undertaking for to do this. But we said yes, because we are all in and passionate <laughs> and we believe we'll make it happen. It's going to work. Um but you really just have to know what you're getting with us. You know, you're going to mm -hmm. get our eagerness, our passion, our love. We're going to work in the trenches, roll up our sleeves and be in it with you. But we don't have a Rolodex of 20 years. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. And and that's kind of where, you know, making sure that, and I saw, you know, you have a pretty extensive host committee. So, you know, it, it sounds like what you're saying is so, and, you know, for our viewers who may be kind of newer to fundraising, basically a host committee is going to be some additional single people or couples who are basically going to serve as ambassadors for the event. Um, so, you know, really what it sounds like is you were able to take your passion and starting something new, and then you found people that had stuff 
you know, that had traits that you may not have within within a specific market. It, it, and it's not about traits that you internally possess. It's about traits within the dynamism of the event, the market you're in, and all those things. Um, so tell me, you know, knowing all that, tell me, you know, wh how, what's a good way to, for people to approach get asking people to be on a host committee and getting the right mix of people to be on that committee? Yeah, so... so it's a it's a great question for us it's never been a check the box host committee even when we did mm -hmm. the fet is mm -hmm. you, you you don't get just put your name on the invitation mm -hmm. and it's a mosaic of putting different little tiles together to get the right to the right mix but i gotta mm -hmm. tell you that the the thread that goes through this is creativity and passion Mm -hmm. You need to believe with us. You may bring, like we've got certain people in the host committee bringing really good context for the silent auction. Mm -hmm. We have some bringing a lot of friends to that, but it's that perfect piece. But I got to tell you, can't be checked the box. Creativity and passion is what it's all about for us. That's incredible. So it's almost like you're creating like a tapestry and a tapestry yeah. has all sort of dimensions yes. and just variations to it that'll yeah. kind of allows the mosaic which sounds very in with you know sharing and elevating you know marginalized voices with the organization yeah. i mean tapestry is almost the perfect word to kind of yeah. describe yeah. how well, you put and, that together and we had one one of our younger people he he said well i don't think i'm bringing anything i don't think did you really mean to ask us and we said to him no you bring he's a He's a um, a brand new producer and he's been mm -hmm. in the industry, even though he's young. I'm like, no, you bring us this. And it's like, oh, okay. Then yeah. I want to join because you want me to do this piece of that mosaic. Well, and then he, he also saw the passion that we brought to the project and he said, oh, I'm, yeah, and, and what, and the passion that we thought he would also bring. And he was, oh, I'm actually really honored yeah. now. Thank you. I would be happy to do this with you guys. Um, so my, from my perspective, creativity and passion, obviously, um, openness. Okay. And, um, it doesn't hurt if they also have a bigger Rolodex than I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, but that's, that that's that balance, that <laughs> you know, that's that balance though, that, you know, it you, is. you know, it's, you've got to have a bunch of different elements. It's if you only have one thing, the element is not, the event is yeah. going to be nowhere near as dynamic as if you're bringing 15 or 20 different things to the table all at yes. once. Yeah. And that's and really other, important. The other thing I would add is um, development. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of our host committee, they are, I mean, they are yeah. significantly younger than us. And it's <laughs> fun to help develop the next generation of fundraisers. Mm -hmm. It, it, it's it's important you know it's definitely it's important and especially coming out of covid there's a lot of rustiness especially with in-person <laughs> stuff and it's just it's just easier to raise funds especially if you're a nonprofit, when you've got people in a room versus not being in a room or over the phone there's just something 100%. about them touching and feeling the mission of the organization that they you know that they you know that really just speaks to people that, that just doesn't convey <laughs> you know, remotely, electronically or whatnot. So, you know, tell us a little bit about what guests can expect to experience at the inaugural 2ST Winners Ball. Oh my goodness. It's going to be so special. I'm so uber excited about this. Um, it is definitely not your typical gala. That is for sure. We have not one, but 
two once-in-a-lifetime moments uh, that the event has been built around. First, we have the Pulitzer Prize-winning, Tony Award-winning Michael R. Jackson. Wow. He, I know, he's That's doing exciting. a private. It is really exciting. Yeah, it is he so is, fun. He is a genius, hilarious, bold. Um, he's doing a private performance for us in an extraordinarily intimate setting. And I, I just don't know when you would ever have this opportunity again because this man is going to have a ginormous career. So yeah. at the at the beginning of his stardom, mm-hmm. a private performance with about 100 people. Yeah. That's Herbert really Liam special. Sees it. Yeah. yeah, it is. And after you've had your moment with Michael R. Jackson, we're going to go and have one heck of a after party with the... Emmy, Grammy, Oscar-winning, common. Wow! Rapper. He's, he's getting hosting. A, he's getting a Tony this year, so he'll, he'll uh, get the art. Th- no jinxies. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, so yeah. I was going to say he's almost there. Okay, yeah. so hopefully after this year, he will be there. He's phenomenal. He is oh, such a a beautiful and humble human, and does so much for so many different communities. I wish him all the best. Um. But he's hosting the after party and yeah. perhaps he may actually perform a song or two. So but that that's amazing. Everybody. And, you know, it, I think that's a good because Common is such a big, you know, a big artist. You know, what advice do you give to somebody on making the ask, you know, to a celebrity or to a musician or whomever, whomever it is of notoriety to get them to be involved in your event? The only thing you have to be afraid of is the answer. No. Yeah. That's the perfect, that truly is the perfect answer because that's the worst. I mean, they say, no, they're not going to say. Yeah, there's, there, there is something else. It's the, the Natasha Baloki charm. (laughs) (laughs) I was there after opening night, we kind of stalked him a little bit. We did not stalk him. And, and said, would you do this? And he was all in and, and it was so fascinating to watch on Saturday when he reached down off the stage and gave Natasha a hug and it's like, oh. Hey, I'm here for you, whatever you need. So it is that personal connection and the ask, and it, there isn't a Natasha Veloki charm that does. Yeah. It's pretty amplified. So <laughs> a lot of, a lot of, us, a lot of us have fallen into it. So <laughs> And and Rashid did. He went right into that charm. No, oh, that's... He's, a, he's a good person. He knows yes. good people. <laughs> yes. um, and he was he was yeah. he has, his chief of staff Tamra. They have yeah. been absolutely wonderful yeah. to work with and eager to help. That's amazing. Now, yeah. now, once the event ends and the funds are raised, tell us what what the funds raised will go towards from this event. Absolutely. So the funds raised, we're, sorry, I'll start again. The funds raised for second stage are directly used to champion work across the organization. Okay. We commission new plays. Okay. We have um, we have actually a really fun program that not many people know about. It's called New Voices, mm-hmm. where we have emerging playwrights and talents that come to the theater and we'll do readings 
for mm-hmm. like, like a six week period. Oh. And once they're kind of accepted in this program, they get access to all of this development and historical knowledge, and they're able to just really develop their skills. And then they have access to Carol, who then potentially will commission the play further and will do a production on the Uptown Second Stage Theater, which is a very small, intimate theater where we feature brand new playwrights, which we did this summer with a play called Patience. It was phenomenal from this new student. That's amazing. So what's really nice with that program is it, it's more than just about keeping the lights on. It's about culture. It's about cultivating and developing new yeah. talent and a creative pipeline for the stage and just for the artistic community as a whole. Yes, because, I mean, we have to we have to commit, we have to cultivate yeah. and develop and we have to have a pipeline. Um, and what's beautiful is some of our elders in the second stage Lynn Nottage is one. Mm-hmm. She kind of grew up within second stage. Mm-hmm. The gentleman that I was speaking of that just did Patience, Johnny, he was one of her protégés. So it's oh, wow. it's, a, it's very symbiotic. It's yeah. beautiful to watch circularly how this happens. It and is. So- it is. And, you know, it, it. it's a testament to, you know, going full circle and you know it's it's you know i want to kind of start end with kind of a question that you know brings kind of everything down to earth a little bit from an event perspective and that is you know so everyone thinks you know when you walk into a space and your event is going to be at a very grand iconic you know iconic venue in the pierre hotel so just because it's at a space like that doesn't mean that you can't find something on a budget to get maximum ROI, what's your what's your two's um, go to item on a budget that gets maximum ROI with fundraising? I'm not good, you, you, Natasha. You have to answer because you you got the question right. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh, we debated this for about five minutes last night. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. So what's it? A coin flip? Yes. Is that well, how you determine who won? I said, well, I'll go with, I'll have my answer and you yeah, can have your answer yeah. and we can see who's correct. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> In theory, we're both correct. Yeah. Um, the venue is amazing mm-hmm. and beautiful. We're very, very blessed to have the peer on board to be with us on this. Absolutely. Um, my, one of my favorite things, um, honestly, I'm a, I'm a huge auction experience person mm-hmm. if you have an incredible experience to give in an auction be it a friend that has a home in napa mm-hmm. um a rare book that a friend has um let me see um dinner with a celebrity yeah. lesson a lesson with a famous cooking chef um there's a million different things you can do, but people love experiences, especially if you can gift it to your significant other or yes. a family member, right? Because that comes from the heart. And those are moments you'll never, ever forget in life. So they are the most meaningful in the world. Yeah, I would 
take that over anything. So that always gets the most ROI. Yeah, because it kind of goes back and um, I had a conversation with Heidi Marquez Smith, who runs the Texas Cultural Trust about this, that it's about how how people, you know, a great event, people will remember how they feel. They may not remember a specific element, yes. but they'll remember how they feel. They'll remember how they feel if they, you know, win an experience and then go and take a trip together. They'll remember how they felt when they won the trip and they'll have a really good time. And it really allows the event to kind of have tentacles that extend far beyond the yes. evening in the room that you're in. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You yes. have to create the heartstrings um, and anything you can do to create the heartstrings inevitably will make it easier to open a pocketbook. Yeah. That is the perfect, that is the perfect phrase. That is the perfect phrase to end on. Um, You know, this has been (laughs) a real, Michael, Natasha, it's really been, you know, wonderful talking to you. And just for everyone, the 2ST Winter's Ball is going to be on February 27th, 2023 at the Pierre Hotel in New York City. For more information, visit 2ST.com. So you, you two, I can't thank you enough for taking the time today. I know you're both really busy and I know, you know, the gal is coming soon. So, and I can't wait to see you, Natasha, see you back in Austin real soon. Me too. I can't wait to see you. Awesome. Thank well, you. thank you. Thank you so thank much you. for having Absolutely. us on. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Absolutely. And I'm Rob Giardinelli signing off on fun and fundraising. Remember, keep it fun, keep it interesting, and everyone will have a great time. Have a great day, everyone. Take care. Bye.